Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our podcast. It is podcast number 288. We've got a great show for you. Our special guest is the man who's going to teach us about tough love, the host of Tough Love Podcast, Rob Candell. I got to tell you, I was on Rob's show a few months ago, and he's a great guy. He can really teach a lot. He can help guys out. He can help ladies out, and he's a great communicator. I had a lot of fun on the show. It was a new experience, a different type of show. We used Skype. We had a couple of people in the live audience. It was really cool. And uh, so, of course, I invited him to be on Guys Guys Radio because this is the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Guys Guy. Rob's a guys guy. Hopefully, I strive to be one. It's about casual confidence, unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, having a good time, having fun. That's what the whole guys guy thing is about. And here we are on podcast number 288. Wow, it's been a couple of years and we keep moving and moving and moving. We actually have a show tonight. We have another live show tomorrow night and then we've got another live show on Sunday. So we're, we're, we're chock full this week. So having a blast, very busy. And uh, as usual with Guys Guys Radio, we have all different types of guests. Tonight we've got Rob, uh, who is a uh, uh, communications expert as well as a, I'd say, a relationship kind of dating expert also. We've got uh, Kimberly Meredith tomorrow, a uh, intuitive medical healer. And then we've got um, on, who do we have on Sunday? We have uh, Jennifer... Rhodes, uh, and she is a psychologist as well as a, a relationship coach. So three very different points of view, three very fascinating people, three what I would call kind of guys, guys, because here we are when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So let's take a quick uh, trip around guys, guys world, and then we'll take a super duper short break, and then we'll bring Rob out, and then we'll talk about the tough love. And uh, if you want to give us a call during the show, you have a question for Rob. 347-945-5834. That is 347-945-5834. So thanks for being with us on Guys Guys Radio. And uh, let's talk about what's going on. Um, the the uh, focus seems to be, you turn on the news, it's it, things are very divisive right now in this country. I just want to say it, uh, whether it's uh, with our president. Um, you know, there's a thing, I don't like to get into politics, but there's a thing where, you know, we want to uh, shake up the things, shake up the system. That's a good thing. Now, and, and I think some of the things that Trump wants to do touch on what a lot of people in this country want, which is, uh, you know, better deals supposedly for Americans and more jobs here and a better economy. And uh, he's big on the whole immigration thing and all that. I don't necessarily agree. I do say this. If you're going to have laws, you know, in, enforce them or change them, we really don't do we don't really have an immigration policy. It's just, you know, we have some guards on the border and then we kind of play it by ear. There's a lot of different programs, but it's not that clear cut. Now, his thing is build a wall. That's extremist. I'm not, I'm personally not for that. Some people are because I think it's fear-based. They think, oh, we're going to keep, we're going to keep evil out. That's, that's not how, (laughs) that's not how it works. But my, my problem with, and I like to shake things up and I like change makers. um, But my problem is this divisiveness where we have a guy in charge who is kind of uh, angry with everybody except himself. Everybody's wrong except for him. And this whole thing with like the NFL and uh, taking a knee. Let me give you a little story about Donald Trump. He, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm very familiar with him. I've been reading about him. He's been part of our culture here, for better or for worse, for decades. And he desperately wanted to get an NFL team. And he got blocked for whatever reason. And uh, when the USL came up, he actually bought, he started a team, the uh, Jersey, New Jersey generals. I actually bought season tickets. It was string football. Herschel Walker, I believe was on the team. Doug Flutie was quarterback. I went to some games. The league just didn't work, but some good talent came from there. Guys like Jim Kelly, they went to the NFL and they had very illustrious careers. Um, He tried again before running for president to buy the Buffalo bills. And he, he got shot down there. So when he doesn't get his way, he gets angry and he's kind of, as I think we could all agree, he's kind of vindictive. And so he really made us think about the uh, uh, players taking the knee uh, and trying to define that in his own way of being uh, unpatriotic. And, you know, we want to respect the veterans who, who have served. Uh, on the other hand, we want to protect free speech. To me, the more you fan the flames there, the more an issue it's going to be. So anyhow, 
fast forward to the Eagles win the Super Bowl and they get invited to the White House. Now there's a whole pissing match back and forth between the president of the country and the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the players about, uh, you know, did they change their mind? Did they not want to show up because they want to show up the president and this and that? And it's just kind of a, it's a waste of time on one hand. But the other thing is it's becoming divisive because he's sowing these seeds of uh, r- racial divisiveness. And uh, I see it now. I'm in New York. And I live in the upper upper west side, if you will, and I I, sen- I sense a seething there of people really getting highly sensitive and pissy about stuff, and I don't like what's happening. I don't like that. I think there's I always believe whenever I'm asked a question about things, there's not enough love in the world. If you start there, not enough love in the world, you usually find the answer. Choose love, not fear. And I really don't like what's happening with this country and that we're being pulled apart. And where people are go, taking the bait on that. So I wish our leadership would, would think about that, would take a step back and say, you know what, maybe I can unite. This dividing just to stay in power doesn't really serve everybody. If I'm a true patriot, if I'm a true American, I want to bring the country together. And I want to listen. And I, hopefully our leaders can do that. And I hope, I hope our president would, will have a wake-up call for himself to say, you know what, maybe I need a different approach. Because I'm not a thousand percent against some of his policies, but I am against anything that has to do with uh, inequality and treating people unfairly. And a lot of his policies do that. A lot of his goals are good where he wants better trade deals for America, um, things like that, and better economy. I get it. But the way he's going about doing it, it's just it's very divisive. Like him or loathe him. It's just it's just an uncomfortable the country's become very uncomfortable, and now we have to take crap from not only our enemies, but also our friends because of some of the um, kind of knee-jerk moves that are happening at the top. Uh, you know, when the founding fathers developed the country, I don't think they wanted a king. The idea was to get away from a king, so we have to be very careful when power starts to be garnered and become too much under, under an individual, that third, that executive branch of the government. Anyhow, I'll get off my soapbox now. Soapbox now. Soapbox now. Uh, what else is happening? Um, I want to point out uh, Guy's Guy of the Week um, and then get our guest out here. I'm going to say uh, Andy Byford. If you haven't heard of him, if you're a New Yorker, you should know who he is. He's a, he's a Brit who uh, worked in um, England to help the London uh, Underground. He did a great job there, apparently. And um, he's here to help the NTA, MTA because our transit system is in chaos and disarray. And I like the plan. He quickly got a plan pulled together uh, over the next uh, five years to take different lines and fix them up. That's great. He's got a plan. Is it going to be perfect? No. But he's got a plan, and they're going to institute it. And they got the budget approved for it. Great. Go for it. Secondly, he's also made a priority of uh, making sure that the uh, subways, more and more subways, have access, uh, elevator access. And especially for handicapped people, for uh, moms with kids with strollers, with, for senior citizens, and uh, it's really important. Uh, any parent in New York City who has had to deal with the subways um, and go in those urine-stinking, smelly uh, elevators that sometimes work and sometimes don't at major stops can tell you that it is an absolute embarrassment for a city as great as New York to have such a horrible system in terms of elevators for subways. It is just an absolute embarrassment. I had to take my son when he was in the stroller, my wife and I up and down those elevators uh, at the express stops. And a lot of times they don't work. A lot of times people pee in them. A lot of times they're filthy. They have this overwhelming stench. It's just terrible. So I'm so glad that this guy's got a plan and he's prioritized some of the things on there like uh, handicap access and elevators. So Andy Byford, you are our guy's guy of the week. Okay. Let's take a very quick break, and then we're going to bring on our special guest, uh, Rob Kendell. I'm going to let my friend uh, sing us on uh, away and let us know what you're listening to. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. And like I said, we have a great guest tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about Rob Candell. I told you I was on his show. He's the host of the Tough Love Podcast, where he brings his enthusiasm, acumen to his beloved audience on subjects around relationships, intimacy, communication, gender dynamics. He spent time in corporate America, a startup, a small computer shop. 
and then he built an international eight-figure business based on relationships, intimacy, and sexuality called One Taste. He left there a few years ago to start his own consulting firm to help small businesses and uh, to become more marketable and profitable. And that's, a, that's who doesn't want that. And also, I think he's got a lot of great tips. I think he's a real guy's guy, and I can't wait to bring him on the show now. Welcome, Rob Candell. How are you, buddy? Good, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being my guest. I love it when we get a reciprocal oh. relationship going, and I uh, had a blast on your show, so welcome. Um, why don't we start out and talk about uh, what's going on with guys right now? Um, we face a lot of challenges, uh, and I think you're a real expert on this, and we've had some good discussions on it, but let's bring it out to my audience. Um, you know, you've got, in my opinion, we've got boomers who – uh, they're still defining themselves by, and understandably so to a certain extent, by their paycheck and their title, yet they're now starting to look for more. But a lot of these guys, they don't have time or they're not going to say, I'm going to go to Peru for two weeks for a retreat or just move to Bali or whatever. They, they're like, they want to mm-hmm. try something like, oh, should I have apple cider vinegar and water the first thing in the morning or something like that? And like, oh, this doesn't taste good. And then they go back out and have beers and sliders for dinner. And it's just, it's tough for the boomer guys. And then you've got the millennials and a lot of them are, they're not sure what's going on or who they are, what their role is because they're caught between the MMA and manscaping. You've got their roles are like undefined and you've got women who are on this uh, trajectory, this very straight trajectory of uh, long overdue recognition and um, achievement. And a lot of them are saying, you know what guys, you can, why don't you guys go figure it out? Or we're just going to take over the corporate thing and we're going to take over the government. We're going to take over all areas and we're going to self-determine and uh, guys are stuck, you know, sitting on the couch saying, uh, you know, go LeBron. So what's your thoughts on what's happening with the male dynamic? Well, there's significant changes happening in society. I think you definitely touched on most of my viewpoints. I think we're in agreement there. And there's a lot of statistics that show that the world is really changing slowly and importantly. And the main thing I'll say is, and there's books like around this called like man interrupted, um, the end of men by Hannah Rosen, a war against mm-hmm. boys against Christina Hoff summer. Right. That basically say that in the seventies and eighties, there were programs for women for their up leveling in society, which is awesome. I mean, really great, very important. But there was no equal program for men to up-level their side about uh, emotional intelligence and, and uh, feeling different sides of themselves and really working at more emotional levels. And so what happened is women have seen a total upraising of their life, and men haven't. And men haven't risen to the challenge of matching women. And so what we're seeing is this chasm of the empowerment of women, the rise of feminism, the slow uh, decrease of the pay grade and men are, like you said, sitting on the couch, watching TV and eating takeout. And to take it to even the extreme, Rob, um, this, now this thing I've been reading about these incels, what's your uh, incels, these guys Mm -hmm. who are uh, uh, involuntarily celibate and they're thinking like, Hey, I'm I'm not getting laid. And they call the guys who are getting all the action, these chads and they call the, you know, pretty girls who are giving it up, these Stacys, and it's this whole new thing, and it's very um, kind of coming from a negative place. What's your understanding and thought about that? Where did it come from? Where is it going? What are the, what do we need to watch out for? Well, incels are, are definitely across a lot of our the culture. I wouldn't call it a huge part of American culture, though there is a very strong um, division in Japan, they're finding, of young men under 30 who are virgins and have no desire to pursue women. They're actually more interested in porn, in uh, sex dolls, video games, which is significantly impacting the economy and the social uh, structure of Japan. And men in uh, more Western cultures are being like, why bother? They're really slipping and letting go of pursuing um, pursuing relationships just because they're scared or they don't feel valuable or it's just too much. And so my opinion or my communication to men is, you know, basically stand up, you know, stop whining, get off the couch, get off your um, hierarchical uh, viewpoint where you feel like you're losing and then do the work to rise up to be able to meet women and really face your fears rather than hiding from them. 
I think that's great advice. And I think we've seen, let's, let's take that a step further, Rob. Um, you know, we've got so much technology and it's such a good thing when it comes to dating sometimes though, you know, technology, depending on how you manage it and deploy it, it be, can be your best friend or your worst enemy because it can create, it's easy to listen. The positive side is you would meet so many women that you've never been able, you'd never have enough physical time to cover the territory to meet some of these women. Yet you can do the screening, you mm-hmm. can reach out for them, you can, you know, you can sit at home in your tidy whities and and hook and make connections. The negative part of that is that you know you can hide behind the technology, but ultimately, you know, back in the old back in the day. It, you had to walk across the bar and say, hi, my name is Lou. Can I buy you a drink? And now you're, you're, you know, you're on, in, you're, you're catching them on Instagram or something. And then you're, uh, or one of the dating apps and you're swiping and, but you ultimately you have to make the connection face to face. And a lot of guys, I think from what I've heard are kind of freezing up. The social skills are a little bit lacking because their technical skills are doing everything for them. Thoughts. Right. Well, what, yeah, what's happened is we've actually moved as a society where uh, in person or voice over telephone or writing letters were really the predominant ways that people communicated. And we've seen a shift with the advent of texting and electronic messaging in the last 10 years, where many people of really all demographics, not really older demographics, but pretty much under everyone under 60 is using texting first. And what happens when you have texting is you're losing information, really valuable information, because you're losing facial, you're using tonality, you're losing uh, the intonation of a person's voice, Mm -hmm. and we're we're, um, switching it. We're putting emoticons on and caps, but we're really losing a lot of information. And so what guys are doing is uh, my belief system is that the electronic dating has really – uh, incited and turned on a man's hunting skills and his his desire to find the best deal or or really hunt. And what's happening is men are having larger quantity of connection, but lower quality of connection. And worse, when things hit a bump, when things get rough, they're ghosting, which is basically exiting mm-hmm. a connection without communication, which is causing a lot of angst and pain throughout all the genders. Yeah, that's true. And that even goes over, that has a ripple effect because I've experienced it and seen it in business now where, you know, if you're mm-hmm. on a, in a service business where clients will just, you know, they just disappear and that, right. or they won't return calls. And it's like, what? You know, if, if, even if you've done good work, they figured, well, I've squeezed, I've squeezed that out of this agency. So I don't need them anymore. So I don't need to talk to them because if I have to talk to them, then it's not going to be a pleasant conversation for me. So I'll just go, I'll just keep moving on. And that's the same with dating, right? With a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, ghosting is uh, a relatively new term. And I think it really came with the advent of electronic messaging. And it is, you know, a lot of people who ghost say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to have to face it or, you know, it's over anyway. And I don't really want to have that conversation so like you said, they split, but that causes a lot of uh, angst and a lot of uh, questions and a lot of curiosity. And really, it's the kindest thing if you're interested in someone just to say like, hey, it's not a good fit or thanks for the first couple of dates. You know, I really enjoyed it. And this is really not what I want. Or I met someone just that level of, of kindness and ethical play that mm-hmm. will solve all those problems. People don't feel like they need to and they're not. Do you think part of the reason is that people are, uh, or guys, or it could be women either, uh, just are uh, concerned that the, you know, having the unpleasant conversation could cause an adverse reaction from the other person who could stalk them or be abusive or just get angry, and they're like, I, I don't need this. I'll just like make like that person, you know, they're just deleted basically. I think that's what they're telling themselves, so they don't have to have the conversation. I don't think it's true. I think you know, a ten-minute, you know angstful or painful conversation is worth it rather than just disappearing. And then that person's left with, Oh, I thought things were going great or, you know, like just the unknown. So I think it's what we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. Now to adding, adding onto the piling onto that issue. Now we've got, and everybody's been talking about this, so we should just touch on it. Is that the, you know, me too. 
And, uh, you know, this is another layer of anxiety for a lot of guys because first uh, their roles are under siege. And now it's like a lot of women are like pointing fingers and uh, a lot of guys feel like, holy shit, you know, because of Harvey Weinstein or Louis C.K. Uh, or somebody masturbating into a plant. I, I have to be, uh, you know, uh, under the same painted under the same brush and it really sucks. So now mm-hmm. you have guys. And I've heard about, you know, people having like little mini contracts for dating and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, wow, I always thought dating was a fun sport. And uh, there's something called romance that, you know, seems to be losing its uh, the wind in its sails. What, what's your take on the whole Me Too and uh, what to do about it? I mean, guys have to listen. Uh, for sure, there's been a lot of bad behavior. Uh, but let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Me Too was really important to happen. I think uh, Donald Trump being elected president really sparked Me Too personally. I heard your little introduction in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think his version of toxic masculinity really made the space for the world to be ready for a woman to say mm-hmm. to someone as powerful as Harvey Weinstein, no, that's not okay. So I am 100 percent behind the me too movement i think Mm -hmm. it's been the most amazing thing and where all these voices are finally being heard and the collateral damage is uh the middle of the road guy who uh you know might be interested in dating and taking chances and maybe even risque he has fear of ramifications of his behavior which on some level is awesome okay like i think most men are not aware of the impact, the negative impact they have on women. And so a wake-up call is necessary. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think the wake-up call is necessary. And again, instead of shying away from the challenge of how to interact in this new Me Too world, take the time to up your communication, your intimacy, your questions. A contract is a little overblown in my mind, but, you know, ask some initial questions before you make some assumptions. Or communicate. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's an invitation for men to start communicating, to listen, like you said, better, and then the fear of being the ramification of improper behavior. If they're communicating and open and vulnerable, decreases significantly. Yeah, I agree, and I I'm with you a thousand percent on uh, me too. It's important, and uh, I think you know I hadn't thought about uh, Trump being a, uh, a trigger for it, but that very well could be. That's a very astute of you. So. I see, I see where that can come from. So what do we do, Rob? Now we've got guys on the couch and we need to get them watching porn and playing video games and cheering for LeBron and arguing about who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan. How do we get them off the couch mm-hmm. and uh, making real connections, human connections with, uh, with women? Well, we could send the conversation because Michael Jordan is the best of all time. <laughs> so we can just end that that debate right there. Um, um, I agree. I say MJ is the best. No question. We can do do a whole thing on that. Go ahead. There's two pieces of the puzzle. Um, One is men just to stand up off the couch and say, okay, I'm going to now learn a new skill of how to interact, relate and succeed with a modern woman. And like any other practice, basketball, um, being one piano, becoming a surgeon or a pilot, it's going to take time and energy to dedicate yourself to learning a new skill of how to interact with a woman in the 21st century. So look at it as a practice like any other and be say like, okay, is it better to learn the skill or better sit on my couch? If sitting on the couch is what you want to do, then there's nothing you can do. Go sit on your couch until you get bored of the couch. But if you want (laughs) to learn, then stand up and make it a practice and just start to be like, okay, I'm going to read some great books. I'm going to talk to women. I'm going to um, like listen to podcasts such as this. I'm going to read, you know, Robert Manny's book, Guys Guide Guide to Love, which I love, by the way. I read it. Oh. Amazing book. Oh, thanks. Um, so there's that's the one side on the guy side. The, the on the woman side, it's different, and this is a little more uh, challenging or chargey to say, but women need to forgive, and I think they might need to forgive in their own time. I'm not saying forgive tomorrow or in a week or a month, but we need to get to a point where women are forgiving men for the lack of education of their brothers and their fathers in the past, because women are needed in an improving space 
for men to come to learn. The, you know, I believe that men can help other men crack the shell of their egos and start the learning process. I believe that women are needed to do the fine-tuning of to make a man great. And without a woman's fine-tuning of, no, that's all good, or no, the truth coming out of a woman, that's the way to tune up a man. So it's going to take women forgiving, learning to approve, and then in relationship, that's where the, the relationship can be optimal and people can have what they want. Mm-hmm. Well stated, Rob. Um, Party, I was reading through your notes again, and uh, you mentioned something that uh, was interesting called uh, dealing with men's sexual shame. What's, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Well, every human being has some form of shame. Some have a lot more than others, especially if you're in a Western culture, we're indoctrinated in a culture full of shame around your sexuality. And sex uh, taught, to have, you know, in this certain place in a certain time with the right type of person, it's appropriate to feel lust. It's appropriate to have sex. It's appropriate to think these things. It's not even do them, think these things. And so what happens is that because we want to fit in and be part of the pack, what we do is we push down the thoughts that don't fit inside this box of socially acceptable thoughts. Then pushing down the thoughts goes into what's called our shadow, the part of our system right. that's not in the light, the, the, the mm-hmm. part we won't look at. And when inside the shadow, our thoughts gain energy and power and fester and mold, and it's what the, becomes our sexual shame. You know, we have thoughts about uh, non-monogamous relationships. We have thoughts about same-sex sexuality. We have um, thoughts about um, even like worse, like thinking about children, like all these things that are part of our human design gets pushed away. And then that shame inside our shadow actually starts to control our actions. So the ability Uh to turn your attention on this shadow, bring it into the light is a thing that can cure it and not have it have so much power over you. Okay. Another thing you mentioned, what I think is very interesting and provocative is uh, men um, having uh, an inability to interact with uh, the modern woman, the powerful modern woman. It's a different dynamic than 30, 40 years ago. Uh, Talk Mm -hmm. to us about that, your perspective on that, Rob. I'm doing a lot of research. I've been working on my book and I was shocked by some of the things I found. So, this was interesting. Uh, in the 1970s, the pay grade for all women difference between women and men was around 64 cents to a man's dollar. So an mm-hmm. average woman got paid 64 cents to a buck. Flash forward to 2012, 2013, millennial women, these are just millennial women entering the workforce is now at 93 cents compared to a man's dollar. Okay. So in, in that well, so- 30 years, yeah, the 30 years has shrunk this thing. And so back in the 70s, women were really economically dependent on men to buy a house, to, to get a car, to provide for themselves. And what's happening now to millennial women, they're just like, I don't need a man to make it. In fact, a lot of women are more women are graduating college and grad school now entering the workforce than men. And so there's a choice. And the ramification of that is that people are getting much married much later, uh, 27 and 28 women and men compared to 21 and 22, um, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, people are deciding to have kids later or not at all. And there's a, there's a changing dynamic of a woman's choice to like, I don't know if I want a man. I don't know if I want the burden of a man. I have choice now compared to what was a generation or two generations ago. So, um, you know, I, I always like to say, Rob, that if you're a guy's guy, this is there's never been a better time to be a man. And in fact, just in general, this is a time where men have never been able to do more things, be whoever they want to be. Yet it's it's less clear who they it's never been less clear who they really are. How are guys supposed to deal with there's a lot of stuff being thrown at guys now. How do you advise men to deal with all of these changes? Well, I think the first thing to do is is just to stand and feel all the feelings around it. You know, like I said, men are not trained 
to handle their emotionally their emotions with mature they, maturity. They they tend to bypass it and go right into action. They tend to go and how do I fix it? How do I kill the animal? You know, right. like we're 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 doers. And so what I recommend is like, okay, really feel the feelings that you're having and notice them. Do you feel scared? Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel um, alone? What's going on for you in your internal system? The second is, is really to investigate where you want to go and who you want to be and what kind of man do you want to become? Like, just think about it. Uh, I want to be a man and I want to have kids and I want to get married and I want to work my, my money first and kind of like imagine, mock up who you want to be and then commit to that dream, commit to that. And this is nothing to do with women. This is nothing to do about proving. Do it for yourself. Do it because that's the kind of man you want to be. And then build a practice, design a strategy to get from where you are now to where you just dreamed about. And the funny part is it's not about the results. It's not about the, the end of the journey. It's about the journey. And let it be your hero's journey of your expansion and growth. And along the way, the adventures you'll have in saying, I want more. I want to be more. And uh, if you say yes and commit to your expansion and growth to be a better man, then you're going to magnetize a woman, I suspect, who's going to be attracted to that expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you also do a lot of work with uh, the differences in how men and women communicate. And uh, let me just throw something at you. I think uh, for consideration, to, to, to communicate effectively with, with a woman uh, particularly in a partnership, a relationship, you need a man. A man needs empathy. Women are seeking empathy. And um, men, on the other hand, they are kind of driven by there's these three, this three pronged, uh, three headed monster, which is hunger, uh, horniness and, and anger sometimes. How, how can then the two sexes get on the same page in terms of communication? Hmm. Uh, men and women are different. Um, I will actually, I tend to talk about in terms of masculine versus feminine. Okay. Uh, masculine, not all men are masculine. Not all women are feminine. Everyone, in my True. opinion, has a ratio, a mixture of masculine mm-hmm. and feminine. So the masculine tends to communicate in order for production. You know, the masculine wants action and movement, move box from point A to point B. The feminine tends to communicate in desire for connection. I don't necessarily want you to fix the problem, honey. I just want you to understand what's going on for me. And so the first thing to do is if you have a very masculine man and a very feminine woman is just to become aware of when she's communicating a problem to you, she wants to build a connection. She wants to feel something with you. And so instead of the first um, uh, inclination to fix it, just take a second to validate her feelings. Wow, I can imagine how that's really hard for you, or I could see how that would be challenging. Build the connection first, and then likely she'll want to have you help her with the problem. On the flip hmm. side, for a man, if he's if man's talking and a, a feminine woman can just recognize, okay, he wants to move something or move energy or move the sexual energy in his body and engage with him about how to get into a productive. It's sort of like switching hats, being in each other's shoes, and then having fun with being in someone else's shoes. Okay. Very well, very well stated. Um, How can we then, when we're in relationships, um, create a uh, structure to have more um, honest communication and, as a result, honest relationship? Uh, the one based is, on the differences and based on the, based, yeah. I'm sorry, based on the differences in how we communicate. Sure. Uh, the first thing to do is um, differences. And what people tend to do is they tend to project their values and their concepts and their viewpoints on their partner. And this is often an unconscious thing. So a man will suspect that his woman will talk and think about talking the same way that he does. That projection 
that projection is the, the fastest way to shoot yourself in the foot. Because what you're doing is, is you're tossing your concepts onto another person. And a woman mm-hmm. does the same thing. Women have this belief system that a man feels his emotions or knows what's going on. And when a man doesn't show it, she actually thinks he must be lying or hiding. So the first thing to do is, is to slow down and notice where your projections are running the show. Then start to ask what's called interested questions rather than interesting questions. An interested question is one where you're actually showing genuine interest in the other person. An interesting question is sort of like makes the person asking the question seem interesting or brings the attention back to the person asking the question. So if you show curiosity, if you show awareness, if you have inquiry, then the other person is going to be like, oh, wow, I can actually feel him or her really interested in what's going on for me. And then you can pass the information ball back and forth to have a really healthier, more optimal relationship. Got it. Um, You also talk a little bit about um, alternative relationships and that uh, not every uh, everybody has to do the the relationship thing the same way. And that would be, you know, Mm -hmm. monogamy, monogamy being a choice uh, instead of the usual assumption. And also, uh, well, let's start with that. Um, uh, I, I like that notion. I think a lot of couples, more couples than uh, can handle it than they think they can, and uh, a lot of couples can't handle it. It's a deal breaker all around. How, how do you uh, counsel people in terms of how to navigate that issue? Uh, well, monogamy is, uh, in our society, tends to be the acceptable norm, the status quo, and really it, that's a relatively new concept. Uh, if you, there's books. Uh, you know, out there called, uh, you know, Stephen, Stephanie Kuntz, uh, The Marriage, um, How Love Car- Conquered Marriage, uh, Sex mm-hmm. and Dawn by Christopher Ryan. There's all these great right. books out there that are really just showing that monogamy really was built before DNA testing so people could figure out hereditary rights. Is that person really my son? <laughs> right. And so for passing land rights, it's a relatively new concept. But we live in this world where we have this assumption that monogamy, we've been indoctrinated in a society that says that monogamy is the right way to be it. And for a lot of people, it truly is. But most people, it's not. And the reason I know this is basically based on percentages of infidelity. And infidelity meaning not just physical infidelity, but emotional. And really with you know smartphones, infidelity has gone through the roof of people having really um, inappropriate in monogamous relationships conversation. So but people have the box. They think it's the only way to do it. And so because they're afraid to ask of what they want, then they stay stuck, then they cheat, then someone's betrayed, and then the relationship ends in divorce. More than 50% of people divorce. So right. it's a mess. Um, so my viewpoint is, is if you have a desire, a thought outside your authentic, outside monogamy, and it's your authentic way of being, it's, you have to spill it. You got to tell your partner and not tell your partner for any action, but tell your partner. So they actually know who they're in relationship with. It's right. the kindest thing you can do is to reveal parts of you that you're scared to reveal and to create a, a system where the truth can be told and rewarded. Got it. Um, one of the overarching uh, jealousy is a, an emotion, if you will, that uh, can take over a relationship. And it's hard for a lot of people who have these jealous feelings to to manage it because it really gets in the way. And they sometimes go to the point where they're imagining things that aren't really true. And uh, it's just mm-hmm. a very toxic emotion, if you will. How do you how do you guide guys and women on how to deal with jealousy? And particularly in today's world where there's so much anger and stuff and fear, jealousy is a, a natural thing. I, I see it. You know, you go out sometime and you see some guys and they're with a woman and they're like, you can tell that they're just, they don't want anybody to even look at the woman that they're with and they're going to be all like, Rrr. and uh, it's just, uh, it's a, to me, it's a sign of, a sign of weakness. Um, and it's sad that, uh, that that's a, uh, that they're victims of the culture, if you will. 
Yeah. Well, jealousy is a killer, <laughs> you know, literally and figuratively. It's, it is, you know, been said the most intense human emotion there is. Uh, there's two, there's two things that are often conflated. There's jealousy and envy. Uh, jealousy is when you want to take something away from someone or perceive someone wants to take something away from you. And envy is when you want the thing they have. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, jealousy, when it comes down to it, is really a fear of loss. And we, what we do with jealousy is we uh, non-confront it on some level and we let it burn inside of us. When I, when I deal with my own jealousy or my own issues, when I feel that feeling, I actually welcome it. Because more often than not, jealousy is trying to tell me something that I want or a way to up-level. Like if I feel jealous of a guy in the gym who can do 20 pull-ups nonstop and I can do three, you know, it's, it's showing me, oh, there's a part of me that wants to wake up around this. Or when a guy is flirting with my woman and I can feel it and I feel jealous, it could be like, wow, I want to be good, as good flirting with her as he is. So um, I know it's a really tough emotion, and it can be modulated into one of our best teachers. Got it. Now, Rob, um, just let's talk about just uh, ge- geography and dating a little bit, if you don't mind. You're, you're, uh, are you sure. from San Francisco, or did you live in San Francisco and you're in L.A. now? Could you give me a little context? Sure. Uh, I grew up in New York. I left okay, when I was right. 18. Right. Yeah. And then I, um, I grew up on Long Island, Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> um, I went to Los Angeles for undergraduate and then started my career in San Francisco, uh, started One Taste, uh, which was our education company, did that for 10 years, and then left that in, in 2014 and moved to Los Angeles. Okay, great. And I, I, forgive me, I, I, I know you mentioned this to me, so uh, uh, I should have retained all of that, but uh, I, my bad. No but uh, could you... Uh, just give us a kind of a one-liner, if you will, just a little bit about da- dating in New York versus dating in L.A. versus dating in San Francisco, and like one like punchline in terms of advice as to here's how you win in these three cities, if that's not too much to ask. Um, let's see. I left, <laughs> I left New York when I was 18, so um, <laughs> my advice to the youngsters is to take more chances than you are. And be willing to face rejection because uh, girls are just waiting for it to be asked. That's, that's mm-hmm. the high school thing. Um, when I was in New York uh, for a short stint, was part of One Taste. Uh, New Yorker women are fast. Uh, they want to. They want direct, uh, sharp communication. They want honesty, and they don't want you to bullshit. So in New York, it's very much um, direct. Uh, in Los Angeles, my experience has been that uh, it, you get ghosted a lot. Uh, women are, it's very hard to nail people down. So to have patience and have perseverance and be willing to drive. Um, one of the most attractive <laughs> things in Los Angeles is, um, yes, I'm willing to go from the Valley to Eagle Rock right. to see you. You know, like the willingness mm-hmm. to, to drive. I mean, some people won't date outside, you know, their, their uh area code, which is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then San Francisco, uh, you know, I would say it was a big party scene. Uh, When I was there, I think it's changed a lot since I've been there, but really uh, be willing to um, uh, slow down a little bit, uh, really connect, you know, don't rush from thing to thing and be present. Awesome. Okay. Uh, why don't you, uh, listen, you've been great and I'm so thrilled you're on the show and I hope you, I hope you come back when you get your book done and, and you launch it. Uh, and I, I hope we that. stay, stay good. It's open invitation. And also any other time you want to come on and be great. Why don't you tell uh, our God. listeners uh, where they can find you kind of some of the stuff, how you work with people and um, all about your social media and the podcast, great. tough love podcast. Uh, my new website coming out tomorrow, hopefully, uh, is robertcandell.com, and that has everything. It's the hub of all my work. I do a weekly podcast called Tough Love, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you can subscribe via my website. I am teaching a communication course in New York in October, one in Los Angeles in September, and maybe more cities in 2019, uh, which is an old-school one-day communication course. 
How to Talk to People, which I'm really looking forward to. And my book comes out on November 5th um, this year. And I'm really excited. You can pre-buy the book via the website as well. And all my social media can be found at robertcandell.com. Okay. What's the name? What's the name of the book, Rob? It's called Unhidden: A Book for Men and Those Confused by Them. Oh, I love it. Very good. Good for you. Uh, you're coming back on the show then to talk about it, definitely. Uh, thanks, brother. I love that. All right, great. All right, Rob, I'll let you go. And uh, thanks so much for being my guest on Guys Guys Radio. It's a pleasure getting to know you and staying in touch. And uh, I love being on your show. And I'm so glad you're here. And all the best. Keep doing the good work. You're a guy's guy, my friend. You too. Thanks so much, brother. All right, great. Our special guest this evening on Guys Guys Radio has been Rob Candell. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to do the uh, Guys Guys Guide, and uh, we'll wrap it after that. The Guys Guide Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio, and as I saved my Guys Guys Guide of the week till the end of the show, um, and tell you a little bit about kind of where we came from. So it all started as Rob had mentioned with my novel about love and dating and love and sex and dreams, the guys, guys guide to love, which is about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. The book is, uh, you can, the easiest place to find it is on Amazon. You can get the physical copy or the uh, Kindle edition and you can find it on all the, uh, e-tailers and it's still in some bookstores and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's been called the male sex in the city. So check it out. That would help me. <laughs> and the other way to help out is subscribe, rate and review uh, guys, guys radio on iTunes. That makes a big difference. And uh, I w- would really appreciate that. And also thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, also my website, Robert Manny, M A N N I.com. And I have all my blog posts there as well as uh, the syndication on uh, Goodman Project, Your Tango, Cupid's Pulse, and uh, kind of all over social media. So what I like to do is tackle one topic uh, at the end of the show, uh, part of what I call my guys, guys, guide, uh, or guides. And uh, this one has changed. We talked about a lot of the differences, what's happening in the world of men and women and those dynamics. So change, uh, you know, it doesn't come easy for a lot of us, but it's something we all need to come to terms with if we want to live happy, fulfilling lives. You know, there's job loss, there's a breakup with a girlfriend, death of a loved one. All these things can be devastating and require maturity skills to cope with life's sway. And although all not ch- all change isn't bad, even a windfall of money brings with it important decisions that can have a lasting impact on your road ahead. So think about this. Some of the keys when there's always going to be change, change is a constant, but what you have to keep in mind. The biggest thing is to stay present. Um, we spent so much of our time, you know, reliving the past and planning the future. Um, life happens, uh, you know, when we're planning for the future. That's something like that that John Lennon said, but it's so true. And there's a way to live in the present, and that's kind of get kind of that area in between your eyes behind there and, like, just drive your consciousness from there and be present and focus on where you want to go, not things you want to avoid. So be present. Um, and that means having your head screwed on and your right hand on the wheel. So ground yourself and move forward and be in the moment. Huge way of dealing with change. Good stuff's always going to happen, and you don't want to be, like, reactive. Take stock when things do happen. Maybe you get canned or something. Take stock of the situation. It could be a temporary blow. Oh, no, I'm not going to get paid. I'm out. What's my reputation going to look like? The good news is maybe you didn't like the job. Um, if you were doing a great job and you loved the job, you probably won't get canned unless the company had really major problems. And if so, nobody's going to hold it against you. Figure it this way. You're free. So the point is how you interpret things. Have you take a step back and take stock of the situation when things happen? Okay, what am I going to do about that? And no, you know, this too shall pass. Things change. Everything in your life is going to change over time. And if it doesn't change, that's pretty boring because you want some action. Also, try to find, do your best to find the lesson. When something happens, what can I learn from it? You know, nothing in life is sporadic. Everything's connected. So you want to find out what the reason is behind what's happened and then what you can take out of that to uh, catapult you on your journey forward. 
in a really good way. So be honest with yourself and uh, keep it in mind, whatever the lesson is for the next time. You've, you've got a lesson you've got to learn, no matter what it is. Also, uh, always be appreciative. Be in gratitude because a lot of times something changes or something gets taken away and you're like devastated. And then let's say you lose a, a, a relationship with a woman who you thought was perfect for you. And then you're out and she dumps you and goes with another guy and you're crushed. But then a couple of months later, you meet the love of your life and you realize, oh my God, you know, sometimes when you think back on like women that you've dated, you say, I don't know how I was attracted to her, but you were at the time. But know that some of these things that happen actually are supposed to happen and they're for your own benefit and something better does and can come along. So keep that in mind. So in the interim, always be grateful and look for the lesson and be grateful. And then how do you deal with all this stuff in, in, you know, context and aggregate, consider your options, make a plan and take action and think about your goal. Don't think about what you want to avoid. Think about your goal. So that's our guys, guys radio for this evening. Um, as I mentioned, we're back tomorrow night, actually back to back with uh, a medical intuitive and energy healer who I actually worked with earlier this week. Uh, Kimberly uh, Meredith, and we we're planning on having calls as well as having somebody who's going to be on Skype that she's going to work on during the podcast. So we're going to break some new ground here in Guys Guys Radio, and uh, I think it's going to be fascinating and fun, and uh, hopefully we'll all learn together from it. So anyhow, thanks so much for listening, and uh, all the best to you. And I, I end the show with what I always like to say: Guys, guys, finish first.